This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. This weekend we saw developments that could come back to bite both the provincial liberals and the PCs. First, let's deal with the reports that the government is quietly paying as much as $31 million to the province's Catholic teachers because they want a grievance over a delay to their salary increases. About 40% of the members of the Ontario English Catholic Teachers Association will receive about $2,000 each under the deal that was reached last month. Now, this one may really backfire because as uh, we've heard before about uh, liberal deals with teachers' unions, but this one has the other teachers' unions infuriated. The head of the province's public secondary school teachers' union called it a dirty deal, and the president of the Elementary Teachers' Federation called it outrageous. Now let's turn to Doug Ford. He prides himself on his appeal to ethnic communities, but he was booed and interrupted this weekend when he told members of Toronto's Somali community that he supports resurrecting a controversial police unit that was disbanded last year. It's called Tavis, Toronto Anti-Violence Intervention Strategy. It was set up after the summer of 2005. Remember that so-called summer of the gun? Um, but it, uh, some people say it increased tensions between police and residents of the targeted neighborhoods, many of them people of color. So what do you think? Should that police unit be brought back? Um, it also relied on carting, which is now basically illegal. Uh, so I don't know what Doug Ford is thinking. Um, so is that a bad move on his part to alienate those ethnic communities? Or is it something that his kind of law and order conservative base will like? Numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. I'm here in the studio with Jamie Ellerton, who is a political strategist uh, with... Canaptus, am I saying it right? You are indeed. Canaptus. And John McEtitian, who is also a political strategist with the Bradgate Research Group. Guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Libby. John? John, are you there? It looks like he's there, but I don't hear him on the line. Okay, we're going to have people fix that line. Oh, just dropped. Okay. We, we will bring John in when we can, but uh, right now, Jamie, uh, first of all, the revelations about those payouts to the teacher, is, is that just same old, same old, or is that going to hurt the Liberals? I think it's a bit of both. I think what you've seen from this government, uh, who is uh, very much trailing in the polls, there's a clear appetite for change across the province, and they are desperate. You've seen them kind of empty the kitchen sink and also looking to take the 
neighbor's kitchen sink uh, as they empty the cupboards to try and win re-election upcoming in June. And I think if you look at what they've done with teachers in the past, teachers have very much been a large stakeholder group that they've mobilized uh, time and time again for their political base. Uh, but I think what's interesting this time is, yes, they're, it's per- they're perceived to be buying off Catholic teacher support. But having the other teachers unions crying foul, I think, puts a little bit of a twist in this. And uh, they might have created a problem more than uh, what the solution here is with the Catholic teachers. Um, yeah, I mean, just to remind people, uh, going back to 2015, there were revelations that uh, the government paid uh, a total, I think, of $2.5 million to several teachers' unions, three of them, uh, the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation, the Catholic Teachers Union, and a French Teachers Union, and that was to cover the cost of bargaining. And, gee, I thought that's what union dues were supposed to cover. Absolutely. I think that was completely outrageous when that took place many years ago. If a union's many, whole less pr- than two. <laughs> Wait, like, unions exist, indeed, to represent their members, and that's why they pay union dues, and the benefits they get from being in a union and the collective bargaining is uh, why if you have workers who are willing to pay for these things. And so when you have the government topping up, essentially, a union slush fund so that union elites and like the big bosses get to have more money to spend on ad campaigns and whatnot uh, to attack their political adversaries, as you've seen with, say, the Working Families Coalition in elections past, it, uh, it, it just seems it's fundamentally wrong, and it's kind of the little guy gets screwed yet again. Okay. Uh, I think we have John McKetition. John, are you there? I'm here. Okay, <laughs> we'll see how that works. Uh, what do you think, John, about this uh, deal, this revelation of $31 million bucks to yet another teachers' union that some teachers' unions are really annoyed about? Okay, um, I think there's a big problem with John's phone, so we will continue with Jamie. Uh, let's move on to Doug Ford, okay? So... Doug prides himself on reaching out to ethnic communities. And he was talking to the Somali community this weekend, and he got booed. Uh, People don't uh, seem, people in that community anyway, uh, are not happy with him saying that he would bring back this police presence in high-violence areas. Yeah, I think what you saw this past weekend, of course, uh, kind of what uh, triggered all of this was there's going to be a black community debate that was also going to have Premier Wynn and uh, Andrea Horwath at, and Doug Ford, due to already uh, committed scheduling and to being in Northern Ontario, was going to be missing that debate. So his team responded by getting him out into the community this week. And it's not like this is a new thing for Doug. He has indeed had a presence with ethnic communities and really in communities across uh, across the city and the province. Um, and I expect that to continue going forward. Forward, but uh, there was concerns with the Somali event uh, as relating to the community police and community engagement program. It was known as Tavis. A lot of people viewed that as a kind of the source as to what uh, implemented carding, uh, which, of course, was a very big issue in the city of Toronto. And the provincial government uh, essentially made police carding illegal last year. Uh, so it's no longer used as a policing tactic. And so when Doug Ford over the weekend uh, talked about his support for the Tavis program and kind of having a strong uh, police presence in communities, especially those that are at higher risk uh, for crime and where you're seeing that taking place, uh, supporting a, commu- a policing community presence, uh, people viewed that as like, no, 
this is bad. The young man who experienced this program essentially used, viewed it as police harassment and kind of reinforcing some of the systemic racism that uh, the community feels is, is an issue that needs to be resolved. And so he kind of had to walk it back a bit. But I think what was, was also kind of underreported in this, when you look at the fullness of his comments, and of course, this is politics, so you never have four minutes to constantly explain yourself. Things get broken down into sound bites and into clips. Uh, and so you are going to have the, yes, I support Tavis, and then the concerns of the community and then the booze kind of feeding the short news cycle of it. But when he talks about addressing those concerns, he actually was very much listening to that young man who brought those concerns at that event and said he still supports an idea like Tavis. So call it something else where you will have provincial resources dedicated into community policing and establishing that presence again in high risk communities where there is a higher rate of crime. Uh, but perhaps they can go back to the drawing board as to how that presence does get drawn up and ultimately what uh, the policing will be doing in those communities. So I don't think it's an issue that's going to go away. Uh, but uh, I think people are right to be concerned about it. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, I'm going to try again to bring in John McAtishan. John, are you there? I am here. Okay. Sorry uh, about that. Technology is great when it works. It, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, and we have solved the problem. Uh, so, uh, two notes. Let's start. We've been talking about Doug Ford and his experience with the Somali community this weekend. He said that he would bring back a controversial policing uh, uh program in high-risk areas, and uh, he was booed. Had, uh, do you think that that is ultimately damaging to him? He, of course, uh, you know, says that that he reaches out to ethnic communities. He prides himself on that. He does, and I, I think he's given a bad rap by those who, you know, want to uh, dislike him for whatever reason. Uh, this is where we're in the silly season of politics now, right? We're really in a campaign where those who are against you are going to say everything they can come up with. And, you know, the, the issue that we're dealing with is not an easy one, right? Like, we would all actually love to live in an ideal society where we didn't need police. But that's just not the reality. And, you know, what he's advocating is something that's been successful in the past, and that's his personal experience, and that's, what he, that's why he's supportive of it. Uh, yeah, but do you think that's going to damage him with ethnic communities? I, I think uh, not given the length of the campaign. I think the campaign's long enough that people will understand where he's coming from. And, you know, uh, some people will not like what he said, but by the same token, I think it's going to, among, you know, other members of the ethnic communities, are going to say, you know what, uh, he's right. Uh, that's what we need. And it'll be a trade-off, if not a net benefit for him. Yeah, I mean, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was this horrible case of uh, a young man um, in a neighborhood here, no connection to everything, and just kind of gunned down at point-blank range. Uh, he w was of Nigerian origin, and his community just horrified. Well, and that, look, that, that's the reality, right, is that there's no one person or group of people that speak for an entire ethnicity for, or for an entire group of anything, whether it's a, a part of a city like Scarborough or, or you know, uh, Etobicoke, uh, or whether it's people who live in a high-rise, right? You're going to have a whole bunch of different opinions, and, you know, on the controversial ones, the ones that matter the most, you're going to have a difference of opinion. Uh, now, just, John, uh, just to uh, circle back to uh, the teachers' payouts, is this same old, same old, this uh, news of a very quiet $31 million payout to the Catholic teachers, and it has angered other teachers' unions who have been the beneficiaries of uh, the government's largesse in the past? What do you make of that? 
I think when you're trying to buy votes, it's uh, really difficult because the reality is that uh, after you've trained uh, unions that they can be bought for their support in general elections, the reality is that they get used to that and they become entitled to it and then they start fighting over more of it. And uh, do you think that this is something that the public is going to latch on to or is it just, you know, yet another thing? Uh, no, I, you know, that, that is a difficult question because most people don't understand the, the damage uh, that these uh, political action committees that the unions have been running have done over the last 15 years. It's absolutely a part of what uh, kicked the Conservatives out of power to, in 2003 when uh, just one group spent $2.5 million. But in the last election, in, uh, four years ago, they, the 30 different union groups spent collectively $3.5 million dollars uh, not promoting the Liberals, but being anti-conservative. And I don't think that's going to be less against Doug Ford. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, what's your insight into that, Jamie? I think one of the things that kind of changed this is the new election financing rules actually restrict the ability of third parties uh, to engage in the political process before it really was a free-for-all. They could do whatever they want, and because unions have large pools of money from thousands, tens of thousands of members across the, the province, they can pool all that money together and run sophisticated marketing campaigns that not only is what you see on TV, but that you'd also see it demographically spliced up in how they were advertising on Facebook and online and kind of reinforcing some of the negatives. And so the Premier in the last election kind of got to be positive in talking about what she wanted to talk about in a positive light uh, for, about the Liberal platform and the Liberal uh, agenda going forward while having the unions do her dirty work. I think one of the things to watch this time is the actual restraint on third parties to be able to spend in the official writ period. I don't have the but numbers in front of me, but it's a lot but more. It, but it's no, no, but Jamie, it's an illusion. That's where pre-writ, which is where we are now, each union is only allowed to spend 600000 or or a third party group, I should say, uh, 300, sorry, 600000 and then during the actual campaign, those 28 days, only 100000 but you multiply that by 30 last time when there were no restrictions, and I'm willing to bet that there could be 50, 60, or 100 different uh, political action committees, the same way as in the last federal election, which was the first time they showed up there. That's interesting. It's, it's kind of an American thing showing up here. I'd like to give the numbers out again. I am here with Jamie Ellerton, who is a principal at Canaptus, and we have John McIntyshen on the line. We are talking about developments from the weekend. So number one, all of this stuff about teachers' unions. We learned on the weekend that the government paid $31 bucks to the Catholic Teachers' Union, part of, uh, uh, you know, compensation, apparently, for delayed wage increases. The other unions are up in arms. What do taxpayers think? What do you think of that? Is that going to make a difference? Or is that just, you know, yet another thing, the Win government, another goodie from the Win government? The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're also talking about Doug Ford on the weekend. He annoyed some people in the Somali community by saying he wanted to bring back a controversial community policing program. And uh, yeah, uh, John, it's interesting you're saying that whatever limits there are on these third parties, uh, it's not going to be enough uh, to stop, uh, you know, the unions from supporting Kathleen Wynne. Is that the gist? That's it. And uh, where there's a will, there's a way. And I don't think for a second that Kathleen Wynne 
and her uh, gang of scoundrels has given up governing Ontario. Uh, they absolutely want another four years. Uh, she's got a lot of very smart people uh, in her party. Uh, you know, one of them thought of this whole third-party uh, advertising thing to begin with. And while it may have been uh, had had a couple constraints put on it, they're creative people, and they're going to find a way to do everything they can to win. Uh, and again, um, you know, m- most people say uh, that, you know, Doug Ford, to to be able to successfully paint him, he's going to have to help. He's going to have to do, he's going to have to make mistakes on his own. Is that right, Jamie? Yeah, I think like one of the things that's going to be interesting in this campaign, and you've kind of seen it already with the Liberals offering big program spending, free this, free that, uh, which everyone knows is, of course, taxpayer funded, is they're trying to goad him into being against specific initiatives and kind of line up across the board that Doug's against all these things, doom and gloom, cuts are coming. And I think one of the things that Doug needs to do, and I think one of the things he's done effectively so far, is kind of rise above the fray. Uh, Obviously, he's still now a little over or a little under a month into uh, being leader of the party. And they are going to be putting the final touches on a campaign platform and the like. And I think the more that they can kind of follow Stephen Harper's 2005 playbook that has a set of clear priorities that people get, they know what he's going to be focused on and say, we'll work on the rest with the professional public service that is there, see the state of the books once we form government, uh, but ultimately know that we're fighting for the little guy. We'll be lowering taxes and stopping the hallway health care that we see taking place in hospitals across the province. If Doug's talking about that throughout this campaign, I think it's very likely you'll continue to see uh, the PCs leading in the polls and a majority government on June 7th. But if Doug indeed gets into responding to liberal attacks and looks to be seen to be opposing everything that's all good and dangled in front that the liberals are trying to run on, that's uh, where he is going to be susceptible to traps and needs to be diligent in avoiding them. Well, yeah, except, uh, John, uh, don't you think he's going to have to be more specific? We haven't heard very much from him. He says the platform is coming, but, you know, uh, we're going to need one, aren't we? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I think three years ago, I actually told a joke when uh, Patrick had just become leader, and I said that, uh, you know, all he's got to do is say, I'm I'm not what she's saying. And the reality is, uh, Patrick came out with the most extensive platform the party's ever come up with, and all the leadership candidates had no problem throwing it out, and Doug won by saying he was going to throw it out, and just go by, you know, kind of five major bullet points. And this this election really is a referendum on the premier, right? Like it really is that simple. People so far, either want her or not. So far, and and uh, Jamie's right. Uh, you know the the liberals and the people who don't want uh, a Ford government are going to do everything they can to goad him. And if he gives them that five to ten second clip, if he loses it one day. Uh, then look out. Uh, that could certainly rattle people. But I would say, unless something major like that happens. Uh, Ford is, you know, it's a slow walk for a lot of days, but he's going to, you know, get there and he'll end up having a majority government. Okay. Um, We have people who want to uh, make their views known. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to take your calls. So please hang on and we'll be right back. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking about developments on the weekend, both about payouts to the teachers union and about Doug Ford's comments to the Somali community, which did not go over that well, at least not with some people. Let's go to Ross in Georgetown. Hi, Ross. Good morning. Good afternoon, I mean. Good afternoon. What's your comment? Uh, Just that I think Doug Ford is right to bring the police back into the schools. 
I think uh, they were brought in because of the It's Georgia not Manor. the schools that he was talking about. It's the community. Okay, I didn't understand that. I thought it was to uh, bring back the... Uh, police that's, into the schools. That's a different program. This is to bring uh, community police back into into communities that are high risk. Well, they certainly need it. I don't know why why they would want to fight against that <laughs> to cut back down the, on a crime. Seems to me they uh, people who want to live safe would want that. I think it's just a minority uh, out shouting the majority. Okay, thanks for that. Let's go to Karen and Bolton. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Please go ahead. Yes, I'm. List- I was listening to this comment with regard to this teachers' payout. My concern is this: Have they already paid the other union the money they owe, and so this teachers' union needs to be equalized somehow? I don't understand it. Uh, well, uh, they, they won a grievance, but it's not clear that it was a grievance worth thirty-one million dollars. Oh, well, I mean, who's asking for the $31 million then? The union or uh, the government? working? The government has agreed to pay $31 million. Well, they must have agreed to pay it because they were supposed to pay it then, wouldn't you think? I uh, mean, that's what I'm thinking. Well, uh, they've been giving a lot of goodies to uh, the teachers, and other teachers' unions are up in arms, so that's, that's not clear. No, what's not clear to me is why they owe it to them in the first place. This is what I don't understand. Well, they negotiated some uh, salary increases, and it took um, more time than the teachers like to implement them. So that's what not the the the, con- the contract negotiations took a long time. Uh, the teachers eventually want some salary increases, but I guess they want retroactive payments to cover the time it took to negotiate these things, and it was actually done through arbitration. So I'd say it's pretty murky. All I'm saying is it sounds like, uh, was this a normal process in terms of retroactive? Has it been happened before that people have been compensated because of this? Uh, well, it is, a lot of this is unclear. Uh, I would say, yes, it's very murky, so that's my question. Yes, okay, I'll leave it with you. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Uh, John, were you trying to respond to that? No, but it, you know, it, uh, I will. Uh, you know, murky, unclear, uncalled for, questionable, and part of it leads back to the arbitration system, which is uh, uh, set up not to be fair to the taxpayers, because uh, what is not taken into consideration is the ability to pay. Uh, it's assumed that the government has a bottomless uh, pot of money, i.e., our pockets. And that's uh, not taken into consideration. Uh, there's no limit to what an arbiter can come up with. That whole system needs to be changed as well. Okay, uh, let's take uh, one more call. We've got George in Toronto. Hi, George. Hello. Uh, I love your station. Thank you. Lovely music and uh, the right uh, programs at all times. Okay, uh, Mr. Ford is right going to that community of the Somalians. He's got to have a lot of guts to go there, to be sure. Um, I, like he's really straightforward, but I don't think he's he's gone too far into it. Uh, like the Somalians, uh, they have a lot of problems there. Um, they want to be gangsters of the 1920s and all that. And it's not going to ever happen. Uh, some ever, did, they have some gang problems in their community. They do. You can't tar the whole community with that. They do. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's the problem they have. It's like it's like I was talk. Believe it or not, I was talking to um, my lawyer about this. We just got into that thing right there and uh, did you know that 
their IQ is 62. Excuse me, uh, I don't know what you're talking about IQs here. Um, let's take one last call from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, with regard to those payouts, and regardless of what political party it is, there's a lesson to be learned here. And if you recall, what the Liberals did is they uh, interfered with the contracts and froze them. And as a result, uh, they eventually got to arbitration. But there are court cases pending, uh, and some have been settled right across the country, about that interference with uh, binding collective agreements. So I thought that should be uh, touched on today just to recall where the, all of that came from. Uh, yeah, um, but again, a lot of it is unclear, and uh, I think even the other unions are thinking that that payout is perhaps too rich. But uh, thanks for making that clear, Dennis. You're welcome. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Okay, well, I'm sure we are going to be revisiting all those issues and much more about the election and the pre-election period. And I think that we can expect that this pre-election period is going to be extremely busy. So right now I'm going to say goodbye to John McEtition and Jamie Ellerton. Thank you both. Thanks, Libby. Okay. You're welcome. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.